Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We talk today to Mark Selby, who's the CEO of Canada Nickel Corporation. They've got a small nickel sulfide project in Canada. He tells us about his accelerated growth plans and how precisely he's going to ensure that that happens. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Mark Selby. How are you, sir? Good, sir. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. You, you've you've uh, had your head down because we, we spoke to you. You know, a few weeks ago now, and you're in the process of getting Canada Nickel Corporation um, through the TSX and getting, making it public. You're there now. Must be pleased. Yeah, very happy to to uh, start trading today. It's been been several months um, to get through this process, but you know, again, it's a it's a regulatory process, so it does take time. But you know, we're glad to uh, finally be there, and then we can actually. You know, start talking about the story again because there's been you know lots going on in the project. Tell me, you got to tell me about this, okay? Because you know we usually speak to people when they're public and you know been trading a while or you know they they, they got their own issues and stuff. But there's a you know we start talking to you pre-IPO. There's a real process to go through. And yeah. g- give me give me an idea. Give people at home the sorts of things that you've kind of got to get through to be able to go public. What are the topics that the exchange wants to know about? Yeah. So, so again, I think, you know, with the transaction that we had um, and, and again, it was just the nature of where the asset was, you know, there was sort of several degrees of difficulty, um, you know, that we would, you know, we had to kind of jump through. So again, if you think of the majority of IPOs, it's a single asset that's been acquired from one company to another. Uh, it's e- either an IPO or then an RTO, um, you know, um, transaction. And, and that goes on. You know, we, we first had to deal with the fact that we were consolidating a joint venture of a joint venture between two other small public companies, um, and then some private, you know, companies that don't actually file any documentation. So, you know, so working through that in in a regulatory process that likes things that fit into boxes, and having stuff that doesn't fit in any of those boxes, you know, you know, it was 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 some additional work uh, that we had uh, to get through. Um, and then, you know, again, I mean, it's really about, you know, they just want to make sure that, you know, you've got, you know, the financial resources that you say you do, that you, you know, you own the asset, um, you know, and that you've got the capability to move it forward and deploy the capital that you're raising to take it forward. So, you know, again, on those parts uh, of the process, uh, you know, again, um, you know, we didn't have any issues with that. It was just more the sort of that inherent complicated structure that we started with that that didn't fit into one of those typical regulatory boxes that that uh, you know caused uh, caused some additional time but as I said we're glad to be you know finally here um, through that finish line and then um, you know again we should have a pretty steady series of um, series of news flow from this point okay it's just interesting you know because there were three three different parties and you had to get them to agree to the deal and then you've got yeah. three different sets of data which you've kind of got to share or get into these boxes for the TSX and, and were you managing that process or was that all of you adding to the confusion as it were? Oh no that's it you basically you've got you know three general counsels you've got three sets of auditors oh boy you've got three sets of lawyers so oh boy. you know it's uh yeah okay no it's okay. not a I, uh, straightforward process we, we, we gotta know, move we got to move away from that. More we, than worth it. So. Well, that's what I want to say. Let's let's move away from admin hell. It's my idea of hell. Uh, yeah. We always have people to do that. So, uh, you know, 
kudos to you for getting through that. Uh, let's talk about what you've got. Let, give people a one minute summary of the deal that you've put together and what you've got. And then we'll kind of, again, remind people about what you're gonna try to do. Sure, we now own 100% of the Crawford Nickel Cobalt project. Um, since September, we've continued to advance the project. So we've been doing the drilling work um, that we need. We've been doing starting to do the mineralogy work uh, that we need to do. And again, I think people are going to be surprised in terms of how far we've advanced uh, advanced this project already while we've been waiting to go public. And so there's going to be a very steady series of news flow uh, over the next few weeks, which I think will really demonstrate you know, the potential um, that we believed was there with, with Crawford to be truly uh, one of the great nickel cobalt uh, sulfide discoveries uh, of this, you know, this decade and potentially, you know, beyond this decade. Well, I mean, it's, it's very timely for you, you know, I, I look back to, you know, your R&C days with Dumont and the, the, the yeah. it's a great asset, but the timing wasn't quite there. It's 12, 12 years in the making. It'd be one of those 12, 13 yeah. year overnight successes where you're... <laughs> Your timing, uh, I mean, nickel sulfide, obviously, is where you want to play. Um, you're going to, I assume, be able to tell us a little bit about what you think you've got now. But I'm interested in, in how you're positioning this business, you know, in terms of getting the cycle right. Because we look at this, the wave of conversations we've had about nickel in the market, it's, it's been phenomenal. The EV thematic is, yeah. you know, no one's disputing that. It's a question of timing seems to be important. So. Do you, th yeah. do you think you've timed it right? Oh, no, I think that, you know, the timing's, you know, been perfect. You said, you know, with, with RNC, with Dumont, you know, I spent seven years, you know, promoting a project uh, when nickel was out of favor. And again, we were setting up to deliver a nickel project for the next nickel cycle, which has now arrived. Um, you know, our view is we need to double, um, you know, double the supply of nickel that we have right now by 2030. And there's only a handful of projects that are ready. So to get something like Crawford ready for this next cycle, I think is perfectly timed. And I think, you know, if you, you know, in terms of investors looking for sort of how far sentiment has shifted, you know, BHP Billiton, you know, for most of, of the prior decade was looking to sell their nickel business. Right. Uh, Mike Henry in their, in their uh, you know, annual report out uh, basically said, we need more future facing metals. We need more nickel and we need more copper. So, you know, if the biggest mining company has done a 180, I can assure you that the, you know, the, the, the management teams of every one of the other large mining companies, you know, is doing a, you know, a similar view and has a similar take now on getting exposure to battery metals. And so, again, having a large scale potential asset like Crawford in a jurisdiction like Ontario, um, where, you know, in the Timmins camp where, you know, you know, mines have been permitted, um, you know, relatively straightforward basis. Um, you know, we, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the timing of this, you know, couldn't be better. And again, you know, there's some other nickel sulfide opportunities we're looking at, because again, I think our team spent a lot of time looking at nickel sulfide when no one else did. So, you know, we think we've got a leg up on the rest of the competition in identifying those assets that are going to be able to deliver the nickel, the EV market needs by the end of, by the end of this decade. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, you know, we, I, we spoke with Anthony Maluski last week and we, mm -hmm. we put a piece out at the weekend. He, he was quite complimentary of what you got. And, you know, people perhaps should take a look at that 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 interview and sort of see, get, get his mm -hmm. uh, take on what you've got. Um, what do you know about what you've got today? And then what are you going to yeah. do with it? And how do you pay for that? Because again, there's so many exploration places. We just you know, aren't able to get the funding in place. I mean, you've just listed, you've got some cash now. What are you going to do with that cash? 
yeah, so again, I think the key thing is here, because we've got that experience, we're gonna be able to accelerate the process and advance the process in a much more timely and cost-effective manner um, than we would, because Crawford is basically a, a very similar asset to Dumont with its own you know, unique set of strengths. So with the money that we've raised, we'll have a resource out here very, very shortly. Uh, which I think will shock people in terms of you know, just the scale of the resource that we've been all ready to drill with the few million dollars that we've we've raised to date. Um, you know, and, you know, again, I think as as we take this forward, um, you know, we'll be able to highlight, you know, what the I think this resource will show what the potential of this property is. We've only drilled off, you know, 15 to 20 percent of what we have at Crawford. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the highlight of that scale potential will be there, I think. Um, you know, the what we've been able to deliver for the cash that we've invested to date will make it easier for the next set of investors to bring that money to, you know, that, that next round of money that we need. And again, you know, given our experience with Dumont, you know, we'll be able to quickly advance Crawford into, you know, the resource we have now into a PEA um, and then look to, you know, basically build out the other 85% of the property that we haven't drilled yet. Right, and so, but what's what's the game plan here? You, you're using great words, so you know, it, it accelerated and value, and all of those yep. wonderful things, which lots of people yeah. do. But I I, yeah. I need to understand what that actually means. Yeah. So you you're going to deliver yeah. a resource, which you're saying is gives you the scale, and you've told me before scale. Yeah, we're going to deliver a real resource, um, you know, that I think will surprise a lot of people uh, when they see it next week, and that resource on its own will be will be large enough to help support. Um, you know, moving and what we've seen to date will allow us to move right into a PEA on that resource itself. We still have 85% of the property that we haven't explored yet. Right. And so again, now that we understand, you know, what the best part of what we've drilled off already, you know, we know there are other parts, pieces on the property that we're going to be able to find, you know, there's a good chance we're going to find, you know, similar good stuff in other parts of the property to make it even larger, um, you know, than what we have right now. And I think the key thing in this market, and again, to point to investors in generally, you know, investing right now, the market is really bifurcated into two, two categories of assets. So if you own a world scale asset that the majors want to buy, and again, there's you know, companies in Colombia and Ecuador, you know, that have found the new range of copper, copper gold elephants, you know, those stocks have traded well, and then there's everybody else. And so you know, what we really want to show with this first resource is that, you know, we're in elephant country. And so, you know, and that we're going to, you know, we're going to hopefully find a bunch of elephants on this property, um, you know, and have something that I think will be interesting to large mining companies, to large EV players and to large EV suppliers that, you know, this is exactly the kind of nickel cobalt resource they're looking to help build their business around. Okay, so th th this is the bit that got, it interests me is the, is the model. I need to understand this model. So you've yep. got some money, you're gonna, you, you will deliver a resource next week. You will continue, you hope that'll have an impact on the share price. It also get people to yep. notice, you know, that that you're here because there are not too many of these yep. around. Okay, I get that. You're. Yep. I want to. I want you to help me understand what people are getting into. What will investors get into? Will it be a, just a long series of dilutory raises to kind of get, you know, to get you to where you need to be? How do you assure people that they're not in for a long drawn out process? And how yep. quickly? Are you going to deliver your plan where you do either hand it over to a big strategic who actually goes and yeah. puts the money in for this or you bring in the strategic yeah. partners who again coming in at asset level and not diluting people you know yeah. in the public company 
Yeah, no, I mean, you know, again, we will be out to raise the next set of money for the PEA. You know, that's, you know, that's the next stage that we need to get through. And we will have, um, you know, we'll be looking to bring a strategic in at that point in time, if, if the pricing makes sense. And so, and again, we've already had some interest on that front. Um, I think, you know, the, the key thing from here is we're going to advance in towards that, get that PEA done. And then from there, we'll be able to move right into a feasibility study. The, the, the key thing from a from a you know a managing the process perspective is that you need to have some you know and communicate to the market some very clear milestones that you are able to move quickly because if you if you're you can't demonstrate to the market that you're going to move quickly then the large mining companies you know suffer from inertia issues and so they'll, they'll never quite get around to making in making that investment but if it's very clear that if they don't step up today or they don't step up in three months or they don't step up in six months you know, we're going to be moving the ball, you know, to use a you know, sports analogy, moving the ball very quickly down the field, and they're going to find themselves chasing evaluation, which is hopefully, you know, going to be improving materially, uh, you know, as we move forward here. Okay, but let's so let's come back to what some of those deliverables are, yeah. because again, a lot of companies use these phrases, and I want to, I want to, I want to separate yeah. cliche from actual delivery. Okay. What are the moments, and what what do they mean for you? Yeah, first resource out very soon. PEA out by the end of September, worst case end of October. Feasibility study out before the end of 2021. That's about as fast as that you can advance a project uh, today. Um, you know, we're already assembling the PEA team in place again with experience with Dumont. Um, you know, that we're going to be able to bring that knowledge and experience to bear and be able to quickly uh, you know advance advance the project going forward. Okay, and clearly each of those deliverables, you hope there's a bump in the price and you're able to raise money more cheaply each time. So but there's not a long yeah. dilutory process here and there's not a lot of money to get to feasibility. Is that is that what you're saying to me? I'm... Yes, very much so. So again, I think when this resource comes out, um, you know, in, in the coming week, people will be surprised, you know, just how many tons of nickel we've delivered for how few exploration dollars at this point you know the benefit of these large-scale low-grade deposits is we're not drilling lots of 500 meter holes to hit 10 meter gold veins you know we're drilling a 500 meter hole you know of which 450 meters of that end up in assays that you can use in, in a model you know again because the deposit doesn't twist and turn and, and get faulted in 50 different directions um, you can use much wider drill spacing to 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 define the resource um, that you're using. So both of those things help to be able to define, you know, a very large resource very quickly. So, and again, right. So I'm going to ask you a maybe difficult question, sure. um, which is around, you talk about getting a strategic in around the PE stage. And if I look back at Dumont, you know, yep. Waterton came in there, honestly gave away, what, 78% of the company. And yep. although it's a fun, it is a fantastic asset and it's worth a lot of money on the, the balance sheet for, uh, well, could be worth a lot of money on the balance sheet for, for RNC. If you if you bring in strategics too early, are you in danger of like giving away the company, or do you think you can negotiate a, a sensible, reasonable position? Well, the, the the key thing is, and again, when we did the Waterton deal, it wasn't really around um, any issue per se with Dumont. It was, um, you know, a key portion of that deal was to you know basically set up a joint venture fund to look to acquire other nickel sulfide assets in a time in the market where no one else was buying them. So, um, you know, 
Unfortunately, Cobalt 27 and Mr. Maluski came along about two months after we announced the deal. So people we had been talking with for several years who are getting to the point of we're capitulating. If somebody shows up with a check, you can have my nickel sulfide asset. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if Cobalt 27 hadn't come along, we would have gotten a couple of those deals done. And I think that sort of logic of that transaction would have been, you know, much clearer, you know, to a lot of people, um, okay. you know, at, at that time. So that would have allowed us to have a whole portfolio of nickel sulfide assets that we could, you know, the, the smaller, easier, cheaper restarts, you mm-hmm. know, complementing the much larger, uh, large scale asset is key. And again, to your point as well, in terms of too early and giving away too much, uh, again, you know, w- this is a time in the market where, you know, you know, again, if BHP is already talking about more nickel, I can assure you that Rio Tinto and Anglo American and all the others are also talking about more nickel. And there's really very few ways to play it. So I, I have most of my net worth invested in this company. Um, if you, you see when I was at RNC, I was buying the stock all the way along through the ups and downs. And, you know, again, here I've taken a bunch of that money and put it into this company. So, um, you know, I will do the right deal at the right time. And I, and again, if it means we have to wait a few months, uh, I, again, I'm not going to build it for the sake of building it. I think some other mining companies, you know, have done sort of full financing package deals where, you know, there's a massive amount of dilution. It's, yes, you're going to get your project built, but how are your equity holders actually ever going to make any money uh, off this thing? Because you've basically, you know, diluted their ownership interest in the project. You've diluted, you know, you've issued a huge amount of equity um, relative to your current base. So it's going to be challenging for people to actually, you know, Get a return on on their on on their you know shareholder dollar. You as management are great because you know you now can build your projects. You're going to get your you know paychecks for three or four years, but your equity holders really aren't going to make any money. Right. So. Okay. So you're cognizant of that point, that issue, and it's a consideration. Okay. Yes. Very very so. Okay. So how much do the management team own of the company? Uh, I personally own four percent. My man, my my family own another five percent. Okay. Um, you know, and the management team as a whole has, you know, over 10% of the company. Okay. Uh, I think that's one of the other strengths with this, this company too, is again, as, as a brand new, new company, we've got 57 million shares outstanding. There are no warrants. Um, so, uh, you know, and there's a, there's a quarter core group of individuals who spotted this opportunity initially drilled those first four holes, you know, in, in 2018, you know, and are committed to seeing this through until, you know, we, you know, basically deliver what we think will be one of the, you know, would be a great uh, nickel cobalt sulfide project for the world. Okay, so you, I know you're in the great part of the world, the infrastructure is there, yeah. you know, you, you know, you're good. I'm not going to get into that. Um, yeah. Have you got any outstanding issues with regards to, you know, permitting or First Nations or any liabilities, obligations, which you're still trying to resolve as part of this? three-way triumvirate negotiation yeah the one thing again that one thing that's been was this real strength of this area is is that um noble minerals one of the first thing they did they were the original property holder um they have they had an mou in place um with the local group of first nations uh wabin uh tribal council um you know who've, who've been been great to deal with um since we've now uh, moved into the relationship uh, we'll have an MOU with them um, shortly uh, for the property. Uh, they have six impact benefit agreements in place, which is what you're going to need to have when you you know go to build the project. You know, and again, once we kick off the the PEA, you know, we'll be looking to starting to advance that impact benefits agreement in place. You know, to make sure that it doesn't become you know a, a bottleneck uh, on the timeline uh, going forward. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, well, Mark, I just want to catch up. I know you're, you've got a busy day. It's, you know, you're, the, the bell has rung, as it were. And um, yeah. I hope people at least have a look at this. It's, it's pretty exciting. Certainly a very exciting um, area to be playing in. Nickel sulfide is, is like I say, very, very topical. We get a lot of questions. And thank you. You did that series for us as well. And, you know, I think Anthony Maliski kind of followed up with last week and sort of re- reinforced what you said with regards to you know, winners and losers and, and red flags mm-hmm. and um, things that things to look for. So good luck with it. When the resource number is ready, please yep. call us or we'll call you yep. uh, and let yep. us know because it's, it's, you seem quite excited by this, this scale. Yes. Yeah. No, I, no, I think, uh, I, think I, I can see that. Okay. Well, like, uh, congratulations uh, on your new company. Uh, we wish you well. Let us know how you get on. Okay. All right. Thanks, you, Matthew. And we'll be in touch soon for sure. Brilliant. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.